0: This is the Todd Capital Millionaire Podcast. I'm the host, Charles Oglesby, also known as Todd Millionaire. Welcome to tonight's show. Now, we have uh, definitely a special guest. We have the instructor from Investing 101 at Todd Capital University, Mr. Wale. Um, Wale, he uh, graduated from the University of California, Riverside with a degree in economics. He has eight years of financial services experience. Um, He's worked for several large firms, Merrill Lynch, TIAA and uh, Waddell and Reed, he's currently working or he has experience working in private wealth management where he has previously managed over $200 million in assets and he currently holds his accredited asset management specialty. Uh, Wale, how are you doing, man? Can you hear me?
1: Yeah, I can hear you, go ahead.
0: Yeah, you're up, man, you're on.
1: How you doing, man?
0: I'm good, I'm good. Did you hear the intro or you were?
1: I did. I did hear the intro, but I was. I was waiting for the first question. That's oh all man,
0: me. sorry about that. Um. So yeah, we tried to do this last night. It didn't it? Didn't work out. People on Instagram, people on Snapchat saw the blunder. I actually had to go and try to Google, uh, YouTube, how to retrieve the files. It didn't work out that well. So we're back at it again. But a lot of times, like I always tell people, that mistakes in business tend to just help you become better. So I mean, we always get more cracks. We get more at bats. The more we do these things, so. Pressing through mistakes actually makes you a better business person, not a worse business person.
1: I agree, hundred percent. You can never, you can never bat a
0: thousand in business. Exactly. So, um, I mean, we have you here to talk about the investment class. A lot of people have been expressing interest in this class. We get emails all the time. A lot of people have been saying some great things about what we're teaching them. And we're already three fourths of the way through the uh, the first session of the class. So the first semester, I guess you can call it that. It's a four week class, uh, and. Actually, this upcoming Wednesday is our fourth class. If you haven't already gotten on the list to RSVP for these classes, you can email university@capitalta.com. Wallet will have more information for that for you at the end of the class. But um, yeah, Wallet, what made you uh, what made you create a class like this? I think
1: when I first got into the financial services business back in two thousand and nine, I, I really started to notice that across the board, young, old, you know retired working there was a lot there was a huge gap in financial literacy i think that um, a lot of schools and universities do a good job of you know helping people be book smart when it comes to finances but they don't tell you or they don't really teach you the life skills you need to kind of get through the financial aspects of life so they're not teaching you how to you know Select mutual funds in your 401k, rebalance your portfolio, choose the appropriate asset allocation, you know, what's the difference between, you know, a large cap stock and a mid cap stock, um, what value you investing, things of that nature. And these are skills that you're going to eventually need in life because if you don't plan on working for the rest of your life, you're going to need money to retire on and to live off of at some point. So... I started to really notice that a lot of my colleagues and friends would always hit me up asking me, hey, you know, I got my 401k package at work. I really don't know what to do. Or, you know, should I open up an IRA or should I, you know, you know, do this? And what's the difference between a CD and, you know, start getting a lot of financial questions. So I took it upon myself to really um, put together a class that would address those basic concepts so that people can be armed and equipped with as much information as they can to make the best decisions for their financial life. So that was one a, a huge driving force in me creating the class um, was just, you know, sort of the, I guess, the indirect demand that people needed the, that type of information so that they could make those decisions on
0: their own. Yeah. And I think that one of the things that's so, so key is you have to always get market feedback. And in the very beginning of this, one thing that we asked people was to said, what do you want to know about investing? What do what 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 do you want? What can we offer the market? And overwhelmingly we received the response that they want to learn how to invest. So the demand is definitely there and I mean I've experienced the same thing. I've experienced a lot of people, especially as you get older, more seasoned, you have some more experience and some more success and people can see that they they're coming to you for advice. They want to know. And so it just makes sense to kind of package that up and then ship it out to the masses. So I completely agree. Um, Can you kind of walk us through, like, how is this class structured?
1: So I've, I've structured the class to really address the very basics of investing. I think that people look at investing as a very complex idea. But in reality, you know, if you simplify it and keep it simple, you can really digest and really understand the steps necessary to you know make those decisions on you know how to invest over over time. So I start the class off discussing the why and you know why investing is a good idea, you know, the power of time and discipline in investing and being you know consistent with your decisions. So that is the the, the basis of the first couple of chapters in in the in the classes, the why. Then we discuss the what. So, in the what is, okay, what am I going to be investing in? So, we start to break down stocks, bonds, and cash, which are the three basic asset classes when it comes to investing. Obviously, we know that there are other more exotic, um, more riskier investments that people can buy and sell, but we're not really going to address those because my um, idea is to really help people lay the groundwork and the foundation for the basics, so we break down, you know, stocks, bonds, and cash, and really talk about the pros and cons of each um, asset class. You know, stocks are growth oriented, bonds are for income, and cash is for capital preservation. So, you know, when you're structuring your portfolio and you're looking for your objective, that will help you um, decide how you want to build your portfolio. Do you want to be growth oriented? I'm gonna invest mostly in stocks. Do I want income for my investments? Then we start looking at bonds, or do I want capital preservation? for a certain amount of my portfolio, and that's when cash comes in. So from there, we start to break down the three asset classes in more specific detail. So in stocks, we start talking about different categories. We start talking about large cap, mid cap, small cap, um, you know, dividend investing. We discuss international and uh, emerging markets because – Even though stocks is a category, these smaller subcategories do have distinct differences within them. So explaining the difference between those distinct subclasses will help people really understand what sort of risks they're taking in their portfolio and kind of what parts of the markets that they're invested in. Um, We do the same thing with bonds, Um, you know, learning about how bonds have inverse relationships with um, interest rates, Um, learning about short-term intermediate um, bonds. Um, junk bonds and muni bonds, which are typically the, the, the categories that most people invest in, and then really break down the differences and the pros and cons with all of those, um, of those classes. Then from there, we start talking about the how. So how am I going to purchase my investments? Do I want to buy them through an ETF? Do I want to buy them through a mutual fund? Or do I want to buy these stocks and bonds individually? Um, over you know the the market, so telling people you know what the difference is between a mutual fund and an ETF, you know, helping them learn about the fees when it comes to mutual funds and um, and ETFs, you know, to understand that these are, this is money, a pool of money that's managed by someone, so there is a fee involved, and then also to coaching people when they're purchasing individual stocks and bonds to really understand how fees play a factor in the decisions that they make when they're purchasing these um, different investments. I think eventually um, I want to create a class that really dissects what to look for in a mutual fund before you purchase it. So looking at things such as beta, alpha, the fee structure, and things of that nature to really help people understand when they're, you know, picking their funds, what to really look for as either good or bad signals to um, buy funds.
0: Would that be investment class
1: 202? Uh I'm going to be working on it. So that sounds like 202 is, is coming along coming along sometime in the future. So uh, stay tuned for that.
0: That's good to hear because I was actually, as you were talking, I was, it's like you're walking people through kind of like in a, in a baby step or ABC type for, format. So it's <laughs> it's easy for somebody who's never been even exposed to investing to get it. Mm-hmm. And some of the feedback that we've gotten is, oh, I wish it would, it was more advanced. And there's a class for that. There definitely is a more advanced investment class but you kind of have to crawl before you can walk. And so it's good to hear that you are going to be bringing the people some more advanced uh, topics and strategies.
1: Yeah, I think that um, when I look at the majority of folks who are you know, sort of learning how to invest, many of them don't have that basic foundation, which is why I'm kind of making that my focus to begin with, is that you know, people will have their 401Ks, they'll have their IRAs, but they really don't understand how it works or what really goes into, you know, how the performance of their portfolio turns out in the long run. You know, they know they have funds, they know they have um, investments, but do you really understand what's going on in your portfolio? Do you know what sectors of the market you're invested in, what stocks you hold? Are you duplicating your strategy? Because that's another big thing that I've seen people do is a lot of the things they invest in, there's a lot of overlap when you overlap in your portfolio, you're actually doubling your risk. Hmm. So I think that uh, that's another f- reason why I really wanted to cover the basics aspects of that uh, of that topic so that the foundation can be laid. And once you've done that, then you can start looking into the more exotic and more complex investment styles. Very cool, man.
0: So can you tell us a little bit why you structured the class this way? I know I, I touched on it a little bit, but those are my words, not yours. Can you tell me why you specifically designed this class that way?
1: So my goal in the class was to really to relate investments um, and use real-life examples at the same time. You know, I think that um, when you cover the basics of investments and you simplify the process step by step, it will it will resonate with people a lot more. Like, they will be able to retain that information better. Um, you know, like the example of the Ferrari engine or the Ferrari body and the, um, Corolla engine where I've, I've seen people say, Hey, I have an IRA. I've been putting money in my IRA, but I'm not really getting, you know, any bang for my buck. My money's not really growing. Then when I look at their statements, they'll, they'll have an IRA that's holding a money market account or, you know, a savings type of account or CD. And what I relate that to is, you know, you're putting a Corolla engine inside the body of a Ferrari. And even though you have a Ferrari body, you're still going to perform like a Corolla because it's what's inside of your IRA that is going to dictate what sort of performance you get out of that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, relating examples like that so people can really understand and retain the information is why the, the class is designed to be real simple. Um, I kind of wanted to model it for someone who's never had any exposure to investments, So if someone who's never had any exposure to investments can leave this class and say, wow, I really understand what I'm getting into or what's going on, then someone with at least a a, a basic knowledge can take that to the next level and really dig deeper into what decisions they're making when it comes to their portfolios as well. So that's why it's designed the way it's
0: designed. And I think that sometimes you have to kind of get that refresher. and You have to have more. You have to have somebody go back and kind of confirm what you think you know. So it's one thing to kind of have these opinions and a lot of people think they know how to invest just because they may have, I don't know, seen a TV show or they may have heard from somebody else, but to have somebody who has experience, who has the knowledge, who has the education to come back and say, this is how you do it from step A to step two or step one, two, three, four. Even if you think you already know, it's still significant. It's still important to get that refresher and that confirmation.
1: I agree. I think, um, you know, even as a, private wealth advisor in my career. I've worked with people who, you know, have been been investing for longer than I've been alive, you know, and they still like the idea of going to a professional to at least use that person as a sounding board to kind of confirm the decisions that they're making. And you know, if you know if you're an experienced investor, you've had a 401k or an IRA for 4 5 10 years, um, I think it's still good to consult or use a professional that kind of lives and breathes that data on a day-to-day basis to sort of, you know, just to check in because, you know, it does help to um, um, to get that confirmation from someone who, who does it um, on a day-to-day basis. I kind of look at it as uh, like, you know, having like a financial doctor every year, you know, you're advised to go see a doctor and take a physical. You may not be sick, you might be healthy, you might be in the best shape of your life, but... You know, it's always good to still consult that professional once a year to say, hey, doctor, how am I doing? How are things going? Is there anything else I need to change? Do you have any recommendations? And I think the same approach um, is needed when it comes to your investments and your finances.
0: So, um, I mean, I remember last night we had this conversation on the podcast and we were talking about how um, just the benefits of working with somebody who's daily, their, their daily goal or the daily job is to, to deal with managing money and how when you work with somebody who's a financial advisor or somebody who's a, a, a financial professional or wealth advisor, they not only have access to your accounts and your strategies, but they also have access to all the other accounts they manage. And so they see what those people are investing in, what's working. They see what, uh, what other, other advisors are putting their clients in. They also have access to more research. They have access to all these different resources out there. That I know, when I used to work at J.P. Morgan. One thing that we had the opportunity to do was actually go, and I know you said this last night, is talk to the actual fund manager. Mm-hmm. It's like they are able to give you so much more access. So the small amount of money that you're paying them is actually probably for access that you wouldn't be able to get on your own. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I agree hundred percent. You know, the last uh, when I was working in the private wealth management space, we actually had the trading floor was on the floor right above us. And some of the fund managers and I think the head of the equity strategy was also in our building. So we had a lot of conversations like on a weekly basis just discussing what's going on in the market. And the average investor doesn't have access to that information. So, you know, people will ask, well, why am I paying this fee? Or, you know, know, why is it, you know, why are you getting money for managing my money? And, And it comes down to resources and time. Because the average person doesn't have time to sit there for eight hours and to manage a portfolio from market open to market close. But an advisor who has that as a career does have that time, and does have that, you know, invested interest in doing that. So, you know, it's kind of similar to, you know, my example would be, you know, most people who own homes have alarm systems and why do you have alarm systems it's because you don't have the time to sit there to monitor your house for theft or for fire or carbon monoxide so you hire adt to do that for you mm-hmm. so your house is an asset that you feel that is important and it should be protected why don't you have the same mentality when it comes to your investments you know so that same fee you're paying to adt is the same fee you're paying to an advisor to make sure that you're doing the right thing nah.
0: I think the one thing that is really important to key on, and we've said this on the webcast, we've said this maybe through emails, but people who do subscribe to the class actually have access to you. And so they can ask you clarification questions. Um, they might be able to ask you specific investment-related questions. And so they're getting access to a licensed, eight-year, tenured, successful financial advisor and financial consultant. So it's like that is just another layer of value that we're bringing to the market. <laughs>
1: Yeah, and I think that, you know, that's why I like the fact that the class is kind of interactive and it's live and people can ask questions. I'm going through the material. Um, I think there's added value in that compared to um, maybe trying to read a book or going on Google or Investopedia and trying to figure it out yourself. I think that, you know, once you have somebody who's sort of been there and has kind of had skin in the game, um, you know, you're going to get more of of, of a value from the questions you're asking as you're kind of going through that process of learning how to invest.
0: So who are the people that you're looking to kind of serve the people that are that can get the most value out of a class like this? Who who is that person?
1: So one of the most the reoccurring things I've seen in my career is that when I I talk to a lot of my clients and a lot of them, I'd say 90 percent of them, what they usually tell me is I wish I knew what I knew now sooner. So my target market is going to be those who are graduating from college, going into the workforce, getting their first job and things of that nature, because that's when you really want to start building good financial habits. Um, You know, some of them will get their first um, benefits package and they'll look at the 401k, you know, package or the 403b package, and they'll just be completely confused about what to do. And what they'll do is they'll go to somebody at work and ask them, what did they do? But in those instances, what someone else did may not work for your situation. You know, you might go to the person that's been there 30 years and they're on the verge of retirement and you say, hey, what should I be invested in? You're 20 years old and they tell you to invest in bonds and you're not going to retire for another 40 years or 45 years. But you're investing in assets that aren't really geared towards growth. So that's another mistake that a lot of people make is they they start to get this financial advice from their peers mm. who may not be in the same financial situation as them or have the same situation as them. And they, they kind of get misguided. You know, I've seen a lot of youngsters who might get their first job and they want to start investing in like really conservative assets. And I'm like, you know, are you thinking about inflation in the next 20 or 30 years? You know, is your portfolio going to keep up? Why aren't you in growth oriented investments? They're like, Oh, well, I don't want to lose money. Well, You're going to be losing money safely if you're not keeping up with inflation. So, you know, that I think is a huge mistake I see with a lot of people. um, They don't go to the professionals to kind of get the guidance they need, and they don't customize their investment strategy to their specific needs. I think that that's also very important. You can't always do what someone else is doing. You know, a lot of people will come to me and say, hey, Wale, what are you invested in? I tell them I'm a a risk taker. I take take a lot of risk with my investments, and I I like to – Um, you know, invest in growth. And if the market drops 50%, I get excited. I'm not going to start panicking.
0: So So, define risk for us. What, what kind of companies are these? What kind of stocks are you looking at? When
1: I look at risk, I look at, you know, I look at things that are sort of like undervalued who might be having a really hard time, but I might be in it for the long haul. Or I look at, you know, growth opportunities with maybe underdeveloped countries or underdeveloped sectors of the market. So you, you have to be able to ride that volatility wave, and a lot of people don't, which is why I don't tell people what I'm invested in, and I don't tell them to do what I'm doing because they might not have the same appetite for risk. But, um, you know, that's kind of how I structure most of my investments in my portfolio because it's more of a long-term thing. So. I think that it's really important that when you're asking for financial advice or you're seeking advice, you know, on on what to do, make sure you're tailoring it to to what you are, um, your appetite for risk and what your goals are, not what someone else's goals are, what someone else tells you to do.
0: One of the things you said uh, just now is one thing that I definitely subscribe to is the idea that right now I'm swinging the bat. I'm going for the fences. Uh, Grant Cardone always says that you only have to succeed 300 percent of the time or 30 percent of the time. In order to actually be a successful baseball player and make it to the Hall of Fame. Which means that you're going to strike out 70% of the time. But when uh-huh. you connect, that's when you're going to do the best. And I always tell people, like, I'm young. I'm 30. I'm investing right now to get rich. I'm not investing to protect my principal right now. So uh-huh. I'm going to take some risks. I'm going to hop out there. I might buy Twitter when everybody hates it. I might make some bad mistakes and I might make some bad moves. But I've also done well. I've also bought Tesla when Tesla was booming. I also, uh, what else did I buy recently? Uh something, uh, Under Armour, when Under Armour was booming, so it's like, you have to kind of take the good with the bad, but I I definitely agree, I'm in the same boat as you, I'm definitely trying to take as much risk as I can right now and hop out there and expose myself to the market. Um, I mean, I think the time for protecting what I have will come, but
1: Exactly, and I agree with you 100%, I think another thing that deters people from investing or getting into the market is the fear of losing money and also the fear of making wrong decisions, and if that's holding you back, then you're just really missing out on opportunities because, you're, like I said, even people who get paid hundreds of thousands of dollars to manage millions and billions of dollars in portfolios, even they don't get it right all the time. Yeah. You, know, you look at hedge fund managers over the last, how should I say it, the last maybe 10 or 5 years, the performance has really lagged the market after you factor in fees. And these are people that make millions managing money. So my thing is if you're afraid to make mistakes, you know, you just have to just get over that, over that fear because you're just going to be leaving opportunity on the table. So, you know, I'm not going to sit here and say that you know, every financial decision I've made has, you know, you know, gone correctly, but I will say that I've been more right than I have been wrong. Yeah. So as long as you can do that and be consistent, then in the long run it'll pay off. So I think that that's what people really have to understand is that, you know, you have to have time on your side and you have to have discipline. You know, once you have those two factors, whether you're right or you're wrong, you know, jump into an index fund and just ride the, the wave of the stock market. And if you do that, you're better off than they just sit on the sidelines. Absolutely.
0: And I, I'm glad you took it there because I know last night on the call, we were talking about uh, that discipline and the time. And one thing that I always tell our investment club members is we've made money because we consistent we consistently bought the dips, meaning that when, the election was going on before the election took place, there was just a, for the past, I think maybe three months, there had just been a kind of a, a pullback, I would call it. And that entire time, since we invest every single month, we were still buying stocks. So the portfolio was getting hit we we're still buying stocks. And now you look at the stock, the, our portfolio and everything's green. Uh-huh. So it, it wasn't a matter of emotions. It wasn't a matter of buy low, sell high. It was just, we said, we're going to buy on this date. We're going to stay disciplined and we're going to continue to buy. And it worked out.
1: And I think another thing people don't realize is when you start buying stocks you own when the price drops, all you're doing is you're lowering the target price of where you need to make a profit.
0: Hmm. You know, good.
1: That's, that's, good. that's 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 a concept that you know dollar cost averaging wow. that people tend to miss out on is you know bank. Of, I bought Bank of America maybe two months ago it was ten bucks. Now it's like down to five, and I'm like, oh, I don't want to buy it anymore. It's like um, you're going to buy – you're going to get more shares for the same amount of money, and if you continue to ride that wave at some point, I don't know how long it will be, but Bank of America will make a recovery.
0: That's a know? bar, man, and that's a bar because, I mean, for me, I always look at dollar cost averaging as averaging out my cost, but I never saw the upside. I never looked at it as do- as averaging out your your break-even point. Mm-hmm. I've never looked at it that way. That's – wow. Yeah.
1: I, that's, how, that's how I look at dollars. If, if there's a stock that I own that's getting slammed and you know, I've, I've held on to that stock, that's not a signal for me to sell. That's a signal for me to buy. I did that when, uh, when I owned BP a couple of years ago, and BP got slammed after that oil spill. But I told myself I, – I just asked myself a very logical question. I said, what are the chances that BP or this oil spill puts BP out of business? Like, what are the chances? Probably a million to one. So I kept buying more BP, even though they were getting bad press. And if you, you know, I held that for quite some time. And eventually, instead of getting maybe a 20 or 30 percent return, that return turned to almost 100 percent. So I almost doubled my money based on buying more shares at a lesser price. So, you know, that that is a very, very, you know, basic concept that we're actually going to discuss in the class tomorrow. Um, that you know, people can easily implore when it comes to investing in stocks is putting away the same amount of capital every single time, every single month or quarter or week, whatever it is you, you want to do it, and just consistently and buy that asset class. Because essentially that's what you do in your 401K when you're not even thinking about it. Yeah. You're just committing the same amount of capital every single pay period. And you know, I've seen, I've seen, I've seen millionaires who've never earned six figures in their life just based on being consistent, being disciplined, and just having time on their side. You know, I've, I've worked in, in sectors where I've seen librarians, um, admin people who've never been top earners at their institutions, but you open up their 403B or their 401K, you see a $1.5 or $1.6 million portfolio. And it's like, how did you do it? Well, I was consistent. I had time on my side, and I, I didn't flinch when the market pulled back. Mm-hmm. So you know, I'd I like to... You know, share stories like that with people to let them know that it, you don't have to be a, a genius or a top earner to really make it in life. At something, you know, as long as you have time on your side, you can really take that to your advantage.
0: It's like the millionaire next door. Um, yeah. You have these people that live below their means and just kind of tapped into the power of compound interest. And you look up and I know people like this. Uh, I have a family member that he did that same exact thing. Um, he just stayed consistent. He worked. I mean, he had some good jobs, but he wasn't making like doctor money. And uh-huh. he's worth millions now, paid off home, doing very, very well. So, I mean, the strategy yeah. that you're, you're giving out to the people definitely works. Yeah,
1: I think, you know, in, in the private wealth space that I worked with, we worked with a lot of, like, people who worked for, like, nonprofits, universities, and things of that nature. And, you know, these people, you know, they got into what they did to give back to society, you know, as teachers or, you know, administrative people, librarians, things of that nature. And, you know... I've seen, like I said, I've seen some amazing things with what people have done with their money just based on, you know, just being consistent and just being disciplined. And, you know, like I said, compound interest to me is a phenomenal thing to really look at because you can make such a small investment turn into something really big over time without really having to sit there and overthink the process. So, um, you know, I think that, you know, if you're a person out there who's really trying to, you know, make the perfect investment or buy the perfect stock or make the perfect decision, just know that those things play little, little percentage factors when it comes to your long-term growth rate of your portfolio.
0: Awesome. So, I mean, to wrap it up really quick, how, how can the people enroll in Todd Capital University Investment 101?
1: So, we host the class right now every Wednesday at 7 p.m. Pacific time. And we ask people to send their um, to email us at university at capital to confirm that uh, they will be attending the class. Um, right now, the material is not on YouTube for um, for replays at the moment, but we're trying to find a platform to um, you know record the live classes and be able to sort of mass produce it so that people can go back and refer to the material if needed. So um, tomorrow, seven p.m. Um, we're going to be, uh, hosting our final class, uh, of, or actually I just would not say the final class, but the final session of class one. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, that email is university at capital top, uh, dot com to
0: RSVD. Yeah. And if you haven't already RSVP, it's definitely not too late. Get those RSVPs in. Um, we're always firing out the links. We definitely want to get as many people on that call and as many people on that webcast as possible. So get those emails over. And if you miss
1: the first three classes, there will be an opportunity at some point to, to get that material again. Like I said, we're just kind of working on what platform we're going to use to uh, sort of uh, um, distribute that platform. Um, also, too, I think a lot of people have been asking about, you know, handouts and things that they can reference. So um, I will, you know, like I said, I've got some work to do. We're still in the beginning stages of things. But your feedback and what you guys are sort of looking for and what will help you particularly – It's going to really help us design a class that you will benefit from and really appreciate and be able to um, not even just learn the material, but you're also going to be applying the material because knowledge is nothing if you don't apply it. So, you know, we're looking for people who are going to eventually start applying the material that we've discussed.
0: When can people expect investment class 202?
1: Um, So right now, the next part of the class that I'm trying to work on is... um, dissecting mutual funds and really understanding, you know, mutual funds because they can be very complex, especially when it comes to the fees and, you know, what you're invested in and, you know, what separates one fund for another, because there's hundreds of large cap value mutual funds, but how do you determine which fund is better than the other? So there's certain things that you can sort of dissect um, um, in, that, in those two funds and see, okay, which one's taking more risk? Which one has a better performance in the long run? Things of that nature. So the next class I'm going to design is going to be um, dissecting mutual funds and really understanding um, the, the the details behind investing in, in mutual funds. Because for the most people, that's what they're going to be using in their retirement accounts. So you know, if your account offers maybe two different large cap value funds or two different small cap growth funds, how do you choose which one to invest in? So that's what we're going to be discussing in, in two hundred two.
0: Cool. So, I mean, last question is how can people get in contact with you?
1: Um, so, I, I do have um, easier to contact through the uh, University at Capital Todd email. Um, just make sure that you address the my name in that, uh, spelled Wale, W-A-L-E, just like the rapper.
0: Um, <laughs> how do you pronounce so, your last name?
1: So, my last name is Kajo Pie. So, it, it looks hard, but uh, if you can say Apple Pie, you can say Kajo Pie.
0: <laughs> All right, so, man.
1: So, yeah, uh, com. If you have any questions after any classes or you're asking questions about, uh, you know, general information about investing that you you might have, feel free to email us at that uh, email. And uh, usually turnaround times pretty quick as far as uh, getting those questions back.
0: Perfect. Well, that wraps it up. Um, This has been another episode of the Todd Capital Millionaire Podcast, episode four. Have a good night.
1: All right, man. Appreciate it. Take care.